Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are in the middle of an amazing series on suffering and trials. You say, Derry, that doesn't sound very inspirational. Well, we're looking today at seeing beyond the suffering and trials, and it's an encouraging topic. So welcome. We're glad you're with us for Hope Sabbath School. And welcome to the team. Good to be together again. Amen. What a great series of studies. Yeah. And we're glad that we can study again today under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We've also got some remote team members joining us. Uh, Sabina joining us from British Columbia. Sabina, good to see you. Glad you're here again. Shana joining us from Maine. Shana, good to see you today. And Glennie joining us from California. Glennie, good to see you. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. And by the way, we're glad you're with us today because you're an important part of our in-depth interactive study. We're always happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members around the world. Here are just a few emails we've received recently. Betty writes to us from the Philippines and says, You are my favorite team ever. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time and dedication. My husband and I are watching Hope Sabbath School for a long time. Oh, he passed away August 2020, but I continue to watch Hope Sabbath School every Friday night. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I'm so blessed to learn more about Jesus. Yes. Thank you for your continued ministry. I look forward to seeing each one of you when Jesus returns in glory. Amen. Amen. Betty, thanks for writing to us from the Philippines. And we, we're sorry to hear about the loss of your precious husband, but we know the blessed hope uh, when Jesus returns, that the dead in Christ will rise in a joyful resurrection. I'm going to use my favorite Hebrew word, hallelujah, uh, because I'm looking for some people on that day too. Peter writes to us from South Sudan, troubled region of the world. He writes and says, hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. We gave Peter a wave. I'm very grateful for the program. It's so wonderful and so educational. I'm thankful you can extend it to us in the remote South Sudan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Ye, that's a city in South Sudan, we only have a, a church, but no schools, no healthcare center, no vocational school, no secondary schools to reach out with the Word of God to our community. So I'm putting in my request to the Hope Channel team to think about South Sudan that we can reach our community with the Word of God. Amen? Amen? Well, Peter, you can be part of that. You can download the outline that we'll be using in our study, and you can start an in-depth, interactive Bible study of the Word of God. You can start one right there where you live. Peter, thanks for writing to us from South Sudan. Here's one of those handwritten notes that I like to get. This one from a donor in Connecticut in the United States. And the donor writes and says, Thank you for Hope Sabbath School. Thank you to all the participants. Please pray for the conversion of my family that I may be and that I may be faithful to God. Amen? Amen. May the good Lord bless you and the Hope Sabbath School team and a donation of $85 to bless Hope Sabbath School. I just want to say thank you. You know who you are there in Connecticut. And thank you to each one of you who's part of this donor-supported ministry. You can go to hopetv.org slash hopess, 
click on the little donate button and we all smile and say hallelujah <laughs> because we're all part of a great miracle of God, whatever part we're playing. One last note from Eric in Washington State. Thank you, Eric, for writing here in the United States. And Eric writes, I love Hope Sabbath School so much. I'm a retired pastor and I'm 90 years old. Wow. I'm limited because of constant pain, but I'm encouraged, however, because I see the love of Jesus in the eyes of the Hope Sabbath School team members. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? Isn't that a miracle? Yes. I mean, we're not that great, but we pray, don't we, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit will work. I see the love of Jesus in your eyes. I love your enthusiasm and commitment. You are real, and I wish I could meet each team member. <laughs> well, Eric, thanks for writing to us at the um, distinguished age of 90, a retired pastor in Washington. Thanks for being part of our Hope Sabbath School family. In just a moment, we're going to sing our theme song, which is taken from Isaiah 41:10. Fear not, for I am with you. But before we sing, I just want to remind you about that wonderful gift of 12 scripture songs called Songs of Hope. It's something that can bless your life during times of suffering and trial. One of those 12 scripture songs is our theme song for this series, but there's 11 more. And all you have to do, listen carefully, is go to hopetv.org slash hopess. That's our website. Or you can just Google Hope Sabbath School. You'll find it. And there, right in the middle of the screen, is a button. It says, free gift. <laughs> That's simple. Just click on that, and it will tell you how to download the 12 Scripture songs, Songs of Hope. And you can share those and be a blessing. Tell people to go to the website and get those beautiful Songs of Hope taken from the Word of God to bless their lives. Right now, we're going to sing one of those. It's our theme song for this series, Fear Not, For I Am With You. Let's sing it together. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you.
You know, I love that song. I imagine people walking around the world going, fear not, for I am with you. What a promise from God. Yeah. And, and what we're studying today, and we're glad you joined us, is seeing beyond our suffering and trials. So let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would guide us in our study today. Such an important topic because we all face suffering and trials, but to be able to see beyond and to see the the blessed future you have for us, so important. So I pray you would guide each one of us, not only here in the studio and our remote team members, but each Hope Sabbath School member. Guide us by your Spirit in our study today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I imagine when people are going through suffering and trials, that there's always the attack of the enemy that, see, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. uh, And probably you deserve everything and there's Mm -hmm. no hope for you. But we're going to discover that God wants us to see beyond the trials. Mm -hmm. So, Brittany, I'd like you to start our study, if you would, in the book of Romans. Let's start in Romans chapter 8. Actually, one of my favorite promises, but let's go on and read 28 and 29. And let's see how it's so important to understand the character of God as we go through times of suffering and trial. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. So he's writing to Christians in Rome who face trials. In fact, Paul has faced many trials himself, right? Why why does he choose not to focus on the trials, but rather that God is going to work all things for good to those who love him? Jason? Well, I think he wants those uh, reading this to have the bigger picture because sometimes we can be so focused on the trials, we lose sight of our relationship with God. We lose sight of what's going on. And he wants to remind them there's something more going on here than just the trial. All right, Brittany? I love what it says in verse 29, how we're being conformed to the image of his son. So through the trial, God is doing something inside of us to shape our character more like Jesus. So we've learned in our series, thank you for that important point. We've learned in our series that trials could come as an attack from the enemy. Mm -hmm. Job is an example, right? Right. Trials could come because of our own carelessness, like that youth in Proverbs who wanders down the dark lane and ends up in the wrong place Mm -hmm. at the wrong time. Or God might allow a trial, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, Mm -hmm. in in order to accomplish something in our lives. Either way, we need to know that God has a bigger plan, a better plan for us, right, Victor? Yeah, I like that it says um, all things, not (laughs) some things, but all things work together for good um, to them that love God. And we have to keep that in mind, especially going through the trials that Mm. at the end of it, as Jason mentioned, this will all work out for God's glory. Oh, I really like that, Victor. And back to those different categories. Even if I did something foolish yes. and I say, God, I, sh- yeah. I shouldn't have done that. You know, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in, I put myself in a bad situation. Yeah. God, who loves us with 
immeasurable, unfailing love is not going to say, well, you made that problem right, Jason, so you have to live with it. Right. God wants to work good through it, doesn't he? Victor? Yeah, and I I like how he said, for we know in confidence, Uh you know, he's not questioning if it's going to work out or not. He's saying, for we know all things work together for good. And we need that faith. Beautiful. So there's that idea. And then there's another idea from the Apostle John, who says God is love, right? God is love, and uh, and he records the words of Jesus. Uh, basically, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the revelation of the Father's love. So let's think about that. It, we, we're saying again, we need a clear picture of the character of God. Sabina, can I ask you a question? Uh, why is it important to know that God loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love when we're in the middle of suffering and trials? Pastor Derek, when we are going through trials and difficulties, we can easily um, kind of blame God or start turning and inquiring whether God is not loving and why is he not intervening in certain situations. So it's good that we know of his character, that we understand the bigger picture of the great controversy, that yes, there is suffering and sin in this world, but he never intended that. And that his ultimate goal is to take us to a place where there will be no more suffering, no more sin, where things will be just like he has dreamed them for us. So we can trust in his character, even when at the very moment that we are living, things doesn't appear to be coinciding with this character of love that we heard of in the Bible. Thank you so much. By the way, while Sabina was sharing, all kinds of hands were going up. So I guess you connected with some other team members. I was thinking of Job, too, when even though he was suffering, he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen. And he'll stand on the earth in the last days. Uh, Jonathan, and then we'll go to uh, Yeah, on the Job thought. I mean, the devil often tries to make it look like things are our fault or that God is... um, condemning us or, or that, and, and sometimes we'll use spiritual language through other people that, you know, believe like the disciples did, that, you know, it, it, maybe it's your sin that got you there. And it's like, what? I'm suffering. I mean, and I'm thinking of that word, word in Job where the servant says the fire of God came down yeah, right. and it wasn't God at all, was it? We know from the story that Satan was involved. Sabi- uh, Shana. I'm just thinking back to what Sabina said um, and thinking of God's character as a God of love. Even when we're going through our sufferings and our trials, one of his promises is that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And so while you're going through these sufferings and trials or while we're going through these sufferings and trials, he is with us always. He's carrying us through them. And, And that's one of the promises that we can cling to and hold on to that even though I'm feeling, you know, the agony and the pain and, and the sufferings in this moment, I know that God is with me. And in the end, he will stand on the earth and, and bring me through as as fine gold. Mm. Thank you, Shana. You were quoting from the book of Job as well. So you've been reading your Bible. And that's right. God's going to work something powerful, as Victor said, something good. whatever the cause of the suffering and trials. But I've got to understand that God loves me Mm -hmm. and that he has my best uh, uh, my best outcome uh, in his heart. Harold. Yeah. And 
if we remember, I guess it's in John 16 and verse 33 where Jesus says, in this world you will have tribulation. 33, but close, oh, yeah. Oh, 33. John 16, 33. And it says, you will have tribulations in this world, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world ah. because we have Jesus on our side. And this helped me remind also like the bigger picture because in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that for the joy that was set before oh, him, wow. he endured the cross despite the shame. So it's like, what is the joy that is set before us individually right. that we can go through the suffering and say, you know what? There's something greater at the end of this tunnel. And what right. is that joy, Harold? To be with Christ. That's right. And, and Jesus what was is his with joy? Us. To be with us. That's right. Amen. So, you say, oh, that's a beautiful picture because that reframes all of the suffering yeah, and does. all of the trials. For a little while we may suffer, but, but we've got this glorious destiny. Brittany. And going along with what Harold said that Jesus himself experienced that on the cross. Um, he understands when we're going through that because he at one point said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then after that, he said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. So we know that Jesus also felt alone in his suffering and he felt like, that God wasn't there with him, like the Father wasn't there, but then he trusted the promise, mm -hmm. I will never leave you and forsake you. And so he said, I'm committing myself in your hands. So we know when we're feeling that way, Jesus understands yeah, because yeah. he felt the very same mm -hmm. way on the cross. So I'm getting excited in this study because I feel like the Holy Spirit's energizing our minds. And, and you talked about Jesus praying, even in his suffering, even when he felt the, the darkness of our sins separating him from the Father, he's still praying, mm -hmm. which brings me to our next section, which is about praying in the name of Jesus. Because I know, back to what, Victor, you said at the beginning, God's got a good outcome. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stop praying because I'm in a time of suffering. In fact, perhaps I'll even pray more. Mm -hmm. So, Jason, would you take us to John chapter 14? And let's read the word of Jesus in John 14, verses 13 and 14. All right, my pleasure. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, John chapter 14, verses 14, 13 and 14. And it is written, And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. By the way, if you read earlier in the chapter, their heart's troubled. But he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Why are their hearts troubled? He's going away, right? Mm -hmm. So to, in a sense, they're experiencing suffering, yes. but he's telling them, pray through the suffering. Now, before we give some examples of that, what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? So, Glennie, can you give me one aspect? What does it mean to you? There's more than one answer to pray he says, in my name. I think it's connected to the point that everyone is bringing out, that when we understand, when I think of God as love, I'm reminded of the face of Jesus. Mm. So when I'm going through tribulations and hard times, I'm reminded of God's love in the face of Jesus. And when I mention his name, I'm reminded that he's an empathetic savior, mm. that he's been through everything I've been through in different ways that if I feel forsaken or abandoned or hurt or not good enough or in depression, that he's been through it and he is able to work through that deficiency in a very unique way. Beautiful. Thank you. It does say in Hebrews, doesn't it? He was tested in yep. all points like we are. So he, he's a sympathetic savior. Shana. Praying in Jesus's name doesn't mean to just say a prayer and then at the end 
say in mm. Jesus's name. <laughs> I can pray evil on my family and say in Jesus's name at the end. And is that really praying in Jesus's name? But praying in Jesus's name really means to partake of his character. So understanding who Jesus is and truly wanting his character to be a part of my life and praying according to how Jesus prayed when he was here on this earth, he taught us how to pray. And so that's how we pray in Jesus's name. You know, this is so exciting because like everybody's raising their hand. This is a really important topic. And I just want to come back to, to what was said uh, by, by Shana, that to think is like a little mantra at the end yeah. of any kind of prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, Simon, the sorcerer wanted to have that kind of power. Right, right. And, and Peter said, let your <laughs> silver perish with you. Right. <laughs> That's not, it's not some kind of little magical trick at the end, but we're saying praying, Glennie says, knowing the character of Jesus, praying um, in harmony with the character of Jesus. Uh, what else, uh, Jason? Yes, so building off what Shana said, praying in the name, connecting to Jesus' character, and also one thing Jesus did when he prayed is he said, Father, not my will, but your will. Okay. So I think for me, praying in the name of Jesus means letting whatever happens be what God would have it be. So many times if I were to pray in my own name, there are so many things I wouldn't want to happen, but letting God's will be done, I think. Amen. All right, Brittany, you want to add to that? I was going to say the same thing, that Jesus always surrendered, um, not my will, but yours be done. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we see that sure. more clearly. And basically the same thing, that when we pray, it's not God do this because I need this or because I'm such a good person or whatever. It's I'm surrendering whatever I want for what you want, God, because what you want for me is way better than anything I could imagine. So we've got a lot, but I think there's there's something more to praying in the name of Jesus. We'll look at a story in just a minute in Acts 3. In the name of Jesus, stand up. There's authority that we're standing under, but I want to take uh, Sabina's point first. Pastor Derek, I think you're moving exactly towards the direction that I was going to share, which is for me, praying the name of Jesus is claiming his authority and not mine, because Jesus has conquered over death and his merits are the ones that I'm claiming um, on my favor. You know, it's not something that I can offer and, and exchange any, any righteousness that I have in myself, but I know of the righteousness of Christ and in his name, I find that I have boldness to come to the Father and say, Father, as imperfect as I am, please see me covered by the blood of Jesus and in his authority, by his name, will you please bless me? So that's also something that I bring to me, his, his role as my intermediary. Thank you uh, for sharing that, Sabina. While you were sharing, I thought of where Jesus said, all authority is given to me. Heaven. In heaven and, and on earth. And the next word is go. go. <laughs> so the question is, how should we go? Mm. And S Sabina say, we should go under his authority, right? Mm. Surrender to his will yeah. in alignment with his character. Yeah. You say, wow, that's really that. That again, what am I focusing on, Jason, when I'm standing under his authority, surrendered to his will, even though I'm in the middle of suffering and trials. What's my focus? It was on his authority, his power, his love. <laughs> on I him. Mean, yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah, exactly. Fixing, isn't it there too in Hebrews, Harold? Mm -hmm. Fixing our mm -hmm. eyes mm -hmm. on Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. 
author. And That's first before yeah, the yeah, the author quoted, and finisher right? of our faith. The, yeah, the author and perfecter or finisher of our faith. Mm -hmm. Victor. Yeah, and it, this is a constant thing. We can't just, you know, the lights go down, the camera's off. We need to be constant communion with Jesus. Yeah. It reminds me of the song, Take the Name of Jesus With You. Right. And so when we're in our day-to-day -day practical lives, when the trials are heavy and hot, that's when we really need to be offering up prayers to Jesus, mm. our high priest. Amen. I think of the psalmist who says in Psalm 16, I have set the Lord right. always before, before me, me. Right. when he is at my right hand. Amen. Yeah, that's a, that's a great spiritual, isn't it? <laughs> I shall not be moved. But, but it's because he's at my right hand yeah. and my focus is on him, yeah. not on myself. Sabina, you want to add something? I think this very important uh, what Chena said earlier, and that is that praying in the name of Jesus is not just wah, 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 <laughs> in Jesus' name. Right. It's very much yeah. in alignment with the character of Jesus, surrendered to the will mm -hmm. of the Father under the authority of Jesus. Sabina? Pastor Nick, as you were sharing, I also recalled an experience that I had once I was participating in a missionary project and I recall that one of the persons who was actually part of it, and she had partaken of some occult and uh, had not always been a Christian, and she was still in need of deliverance. And she started manifesting some, you know, uh, demons, and she was possessed. And I was with the person who was praying. It was me and another person who was praying for her. And this gentleman, he just called upon the name of Jesus and he requested that just a drop of the blood of Jesus would be enough to deliver her. And immediately the demons that were trying, you know, to refute and to rebuke, they had to stop quieting and, and to leave. Um, and for me, that's whenever I'm also praying the name of Jesus, that's a, a memory that I bring to my heart that maybe... You know, if I'm praying just on my name, I'm imperfect and all that. But when I pray, just a drop of the blood of Jesus has this authority to, you know, over all the spiritual world and realms and things that are unseen, but that Jesus has conquered them already. Amen. Thank you for pointing that out. And that does not replace everything we've said, because in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, people say, we cast out demons. We did many things right, right. in your name. And Jesus says to them, I never, never knew you. I never knew you. So again, this is not some little magic mm -hmm. mantra, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. We're choosing when we say the blood of Jesus, we're standing under his authority mm -hmm. as our Savior, mm -hmm. believing, right, right, that the blood of Jesus can uh, set us free and deliver us from the power of Satan. Yeah. And what a, what a powerful story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so... What are some specific things we might pray for in the name of Jesus when going through a time of suffering or trial? Think about that, Jason. Well, we can also pray that, you know, God would teach us something in this lesson in Jesus' name as far as the trials. You know, it has to be more than just us going through it. It has to be something that's shaping our character or God is trying to really mold in our, uh, our essence, you know, so we can be more like his son. People ask sometimes, Jason, is this scripted? Like, was that written down right. and that was for you to read? The answer is no. This is a live right. interactive study, right? Exactly. And it's exactly what I was thinking. Right. Uh, a lot of times when trials come, the first question people ask is, Why, why me? Why? <laughs> why, God? Yeah. Uh, Jason's saying, what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
what do you want to teach me? Mm -hmm. uh, back to the beginning of our study, I know you're going to work all things for good, right? right? But what do you want to teach me here? That might be something I pray. And I pray that standing under the authority of Jesus, in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. What else might I pray, Harold? Well, to be a witness, because that is an amazing thing for people to see that your character is still praising God, even in the midst of all this craziness that I might be going through. And people are like, you're insane. Like, how can you be at peace? Right. How can you find exactly. comfort in the midst of this trial? You should be angry at God. Like, no, this is actually the time that I need to praise. And many times people do convert because they're like, I want that too. Right, I want exactly. to have that peace and joy that you have even in the midst. Even though I understand that doesn't mean that everything is great, I still express my hurts, but I'm not cursing God. And that's the thing that's like, okay, I need to have that. Mm -hmm. So, so pray in the name of Jesus, aligned to the will of the Father, mm -hmm. that, that we would be a witness yes. for Christ in mm -hmm. the midst of that suffering. Mm -hmm. yes? Yes. yes? We're going to come to a story later in this series where people are singing at midnight mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and people are converted right. uh, as a result of that focus. Uh, we're talking in this series about or in this study, about seeing beyond. Yes. Jason? When Jesus was on this earth, he came to bring relief from suffering. And so sometimes, I know a lot of us, at least myself, I may pray that when I'm in suffering, pray that I could either have relief from it, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, or if God isn't necessarily giving me immediately relief, then at least strength to get through the process. So let's pause there for just a minute, and I'm going to ask Shana if you can help us, because Shana, some of our Hope Sabbath School members know that some time ago you went through a very difficult challenge with, with an accident and recovery from it. Is it okay to pray in Jesus' name that I would find relief from pain and suffering? What, what do you think? Praying for um, relief from the suffering is praying in Jesus' name. If we recall back to his time in, in the Garden of Gethsemane where he felt the burden of the sins of the whole world on his shoulder, he did ask for, for relief from his suffering. And so it's not wrong to pray, God, please, you know, ease me from the pain that I'm going through, but also help me to see, to, to get a clearer picture of what you want me to learn during this time, how you want to transform my character during this time and how I can ultimately bring your name glory. And so every part of how Jesus maneuvered his time during the Garden of Gethsemane is exactly how we should also maneuver our times of suffering. And so, yes, we should, we can also pray for relief from the suffering. And God doesn't want us to suffer either. Um, and so we can pray for, for relief from our suffering during those times. And, you know, I had always thought, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, so we get lots of emails when we say things that aren't quite right. But <laughs> But perhaps the father did bring some relief mm -hmm. to Jesus when he said, you know, this, this cup. Mm -hmm. Now, he still drank that cup. We know what that cup was, right? He gave his son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Mm -hmm. But the father was with him there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Angels strengthened him in that ordeal. So... Back to what Jason said, coming back to your comment, you say maybe all of the relief doesn't come, but pray for strength. But yeah. it's, it is okay to ask. Yes. Amen. I, I'm, I'm experiencing, you know, physical trauma, pain. God, God, according to your will, 
yeah. please, in Jesus' name, mm. right? Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that even though Jesus hadn't come in the time of Job, he's praying to God mm -hmm. to give him strength mm. through this trial. Mm. Victor? Yeah, and Jesus encourages us to pray for the Comforter, mm -hmm. especially in times of trial, uh, death and with family members, sickness. Uh, we need that comfort that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it, we were reading in John, and in John uh, 14, verses 26 and 27, after Jesus says, pray for the comforter, he says, my peace will I give you. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like... Why, when why you, don't we pause yeah. and read that? Yes. Would you take us there? What yes. translation do you Yep, have I'll be in the King James Version. King James Version, and mm -hmm. we're in John 14. 14. 26 and 27. Now, I got to just pause for a moment, Hope Sabbath School members. How did Victor know that that verse followed the other verse? And the answer is, that's why we read the Bible, oh, right? Amen. We read the scriptures. And in verse 26, it will say that the Holy Spirit will bring that word to our remembrance. Mm -hmm. But why don't you read for us both verses, John 14, 26 and 27. Okay, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, um, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. So we have that promise that whatever what we're going through, um, we can ask for comfort through the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, it's just a blessing. Amen. Um, I, I like to call it the second greatest gift because Jesus is the first, but then he gave his spirit to comfort us. And it's Amen. a wonderful gift. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. And certainly there are some things, you know, we talked about not my will, Father, but yours. Mm -hmm. There's some things we know we can pray boldly mm -hmm. in yes. the name of Jesus. One is to ask for the comforter to come, mm -hmm. right? To guide. And by the way, he'll not only comfort us, but he'll guide us into truth. Mm -hmm. yeah. He may help us to understand the bigger picture right, yeah. of what's happening around us. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to go on to in our study to receiving the gift of spiritual sight. We understand the, the character of God. He loves us. He wants to work all things for good for us. We understand that, that we can pray through those times yes. mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus, standing under his authority. But Jason, I want you to take us to a, a very important passage in Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 15, where the Apostle Paul is expressing his prayer for Christians in Ephesus, but I think there's something really important for us too. I have the New King James Version here, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, and it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, 
but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. So if you could summarize that, you know, Paul's not known for being very brief, right? <laughs> and sometimes a little complicated. I remember it was the Apostle Peter who said, some things that Paul writes, Brother Paul, are a little difficult to understand. Yeah. Um, but if you could summarize that paragraph in just a few words, it's talking about Paul praying for the believers. Yeah. What would he be praying for them, would you see? Yes, Jason. It's like he's praying for spiritual wisdom. Okay, spiritual wisdom. Mm -hmm. He uses the word revelation to yeah. what? Of what? Anybody? Revelation, Brittany? For them to understand more deeply the character of Christ. Okay. And to grow in his character. So in the, in the midst of whatever experience, and by the way, all of the Christians in the early church were experiencing hostility, yeah. persecution, that, that in the midst of that, they would be given the gift of spiritual sight, focusing on the character of Christ. Jason? Yes, I was thinking, because there's a lot of verses in here that talk about heavenly places and Christ and what he's doing. So apparently, even when we're going through these trials, as these uh, early Christians were, there's something about rem remembering what else is going on in heaven, what Christ is doing for us even now. So let's make this personal, and I'm going to ask Harold to do something a little more complex, if you don't mind, Harold. Okay. <laughs> I want you to go to Ephesians, again, chapter 1, or stay there, in verses 17 and 18. But instead of you, I want you to put me. All right. <laughs> I want you to make it personal, and then I want to ask a question of all of us. Is it okay to do that? to make the scripture personal, especially when I'm going through a suffering or trial to pray for that spiritual sight. Let's see how that goes. Right. And I know on the screen it will say you and your, but <laughs> you're going to make it personal. Right. Verses 17 and 18 of Ephesians 1. All right. And I'll be reading it from the New King James Version with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What do you think? You say, wow, that kind of changes it a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Someone might say, well, do I have the right, Jonathan, to kind of personalize scripture like that? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I, I was reading something just recently how everything that God has given us is given as direct words of God. I mean, like, mm -hmm. they're not just, you know, to these people, but God means us to apply them as words to us. Mm -hmm. yeah. Brittany? Yeah, there's a way of Bible study that many have maybe heard the acronym. Um, it, it's called SOAP. So you first look at a scripture for the S, and then O is observation. So what do you observe? What's the context? And then A is application. And the final one, the P, stands for prayer. And in that type of Bible journaling, um, you actually write a prayer of response to what you just read. And so you make that scripture personal. And I guess what Harold was doing was the A of the SOAP application. He was saying, this isn't just for Christians generally. 
It, it's for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Me too, Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That the eyes of my understanding might be open. Sabina. Pastor Derek, the Bible says that all scripture was given for reproof, for correction, and for, for our benefit. You know, so it's not wrong to take it and make it personal. Obviously, we need to you know, use the proper tools for interpretation. And so this will help us to have clarity whether we are praying according to God's will, because there is lots of things written in the Bible that is not really representing necessarily God's will, right? People who are doing mistakes and things that he's not asking us to repeat them. But again, like given the proper context, and as long as we understand it, all scripture was given for, for our teaching also and for our prophet in that sense. It's good to, to refer to it and to its promises to ourselves. Thank you for pointing out that important point. We don't want to mm-hmm. take a text out of context. We want to look at the whole context. But if a promise is being offered, for example, the song we sing, right. the Lord says, fear not. I am with you. Fear not, Brittany. <laughs> Fear not, Victor. Fear not, Shana. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. All of God's promises are yes in Christ. Yes. So when we stand under Christ, under His authority, surrendered to His will, we can pray those prayers. Now, one of the things, we're moving on to our last section of our study, that we're all challenged with, and I wish I could say, no problem, never happens, (laughs) is when we're going through times of suffering, you're watching today, you can relate that that we we are tempted at least to worry. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So, Brittany, could you take us to the Sermon on the Mount? Uh, Jesus um, addresses the issue of worry. And while we're looking for Matthew chapter 6, before you start reading... Just a quick survey. This won't take long. Shana, what's something we could easily worry about or that you could easily worry about? Ah, so many things. <laughs> um, but some things that came to mind are... Just give me one. Living in these last days. How okay. can you maneuver life through these last days? With everything happening around us, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, right? Men's hearts growing cold. Uh, Glennie, what's something you could easily worry about besides living in these last days? Worry about the future. Worry about will I get enough funds for school, etc. <laughs> okay, so yeah. some very practical things. Glennie's in grad school. You know, will I have time to do all this? Kind of practical things. Someone else, what could I easily worry about, Jason? Our health or the health of our mm-hmm. family. Because we see young people. I'm looking at young adults here. Mm-hmm. I'm older. But even young people have reactions to things we don't know. They fall over. We don't know what happened to them. So there's a lot of things that we could worry about. Now listen to what Jesus says. I want you to listen very carefully, whether you're at home watching the broadcast or here with the team, remote team members. Listen carefully to what Jesus says. And uh, we're reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. What are some reasons why we should let go of the worry, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And remember to look beyond mm-hmm. the current suffering and trials. That's right. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Hmm. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Hmm. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So let's, uh, let's think, what are some reasons why Jesus says, by the way, is anyone here tempted to worry and become anxious about things? <laughs> you wake up in the uh-huh. middle of the night and you think about all the things you've got to do mm-hmm. and, and you have to just turn your eyes on Jesus, right? Amen. But what are some reasons why we shouldn't worry? Sabina, can you think of one that jumps out from the text from Jesus' teaching? For me, one reason that jumps out is God's care, even with all nature that surrounds us. For me, that's evidence of his love. And just as Jesus is is showing, if God, you know, takes the care and delight to dress all these creatures, why would he not care to dress and care for my needs as well? Mm, Thank you. And of course, that comes back to understanding the loving character of God, right, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I look at the last part where it talks about the Gentiles and, and you look at what does the world focus on and, and you think about how much of the world is focused on and these different things. And if we take the opposite and say, okay, that's not my focus. My focus is to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things that I can have this peace about things that, you know, the world says I need to focus on and re- really pay attention to. And mm-hmm. We could list a number of things we haven't listed. But, yeah, that, that God calls us and he, he is our source of life. Mm-hmm. So, so one reason, Sabina says, why we shouldn't worry, according to Jesus, it be, don't you think your Heavenly Father loves you and will take right. care of you? But there was another reason early on. Did you notice what that was? Yes, Jason? So there was a very practical reason that... It doesn't matter if you worry, it's not going to change anything. (laughs) Exactly. It's wasted energy. So in harmony with our study, Harold, if if wasting energy on worry is a bad idea and it's actually contrary to the teaching of Jesus, how might I better use that energy? Focusing on Jesus and his righteousness and his love and care. And maybe praying in his name, right? Which we talked about earlier. Or maybe... Even more, who said witness earlier? Maybe even relieving some suffering around me. You think of some things that are happening right now. uh, Instead of wasting energy worrying, right? Jesus says it doesn't do any good. Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, like just one of the things that people say is the best way to get over depression is to start focusing on the needs of other people. Uh, Sure. You you change your mind and Mm -hmm. the natural result. Easier said than done. (laughs) My wife will tell me, and, you know, I don't see myself as a chronic worrier, 
But I think most of us at some point mm -hmm. can become anxious about something. Mm -hmm. And back to the example of Jesus, what would Jesus do with that anxiety? Take it to the Father. He would take it to the Father and lay it down and say, Father, I'm tempted to worry about this, but I know worry doesn't do anything. So I'm just going to seek first your kingdom and mm. your righteousness and know the other things will be added to me. Victor? Yeah, I, I, I like how just even in the first sentence, uh, um, Brittany's translation, don't worry about life. It's like mm. that's the first thing Jesus told before he gave all these examples. He's saying... In general, don't worry about life. If you didn't read any of these other texts uh, before 25, mm -hmm. Jesus says, don't worry about life. Mm -hmm. I'll take care of mm -hmm. it. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Glenny, you want to add to that? You had mentioned that when Jesus was in moments of worrying, he had went, uh, he went to the Father. But another thing is that he saw the company of, prayer, uh, of his friends. Mm -hmm. he, saw the, right. he asked for them to pray and to be with them. So I think that's a great thing to have, to have that community of like-minded believers and not be afraid of saying, hey, you know, I'm kind of disturbed about, about this. Can you please pray for me? And we need to develop that vulnerability. Thank you. So important. We're going to move on to another text. And uh, Jason, I'm going to ask if you would read for us from First Peter, mm -hmm. right before the book of Revelation there. This is Peter the Apostle in First Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, which reinforces uh, the teaching of Jesus. First of all, don't you know God will care for you? And secondly, worrying doesn't do any good anyway, mm -hmm. right? So seek first my kingdom. How does P Peter add to that in First Peter 5? Six and seven. All right. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he may exalt you in due time. Verse seven. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Mm -hmm. now, what do you hear that restates what Jesus said in the great Sermon on the Mount? Key things. Brittany. He cares for you. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. God loves you with an immeasurable, unfailing love. And, and I, I, I liked what, uh, what uh, Glennie said just now, and that is, if God loves us, it's okay for us to be honest and say, God, I'm really, this is kind of heavy for me, and it's easy for me to become anxious. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to say, I rebuke you. Mm -hmm. He's going to say, I, I love you, mm -hmm. or I want to bless you and comfort you. Victor. Yeah, and it, it's so encouraging that uh, Peter uh, says, humble yourselves right, under right. the mighty hand, hand of, of God. God. He has you in his hand. And sometimes <laughs> it may feel like we're being uh, hold a little too tight, but it says in due time, mm -hmm. he'll exalt you. Mm -hmm. He'll lift Amen. you up. And in these times, these seasons Amen. of trials and tribulations, we got to trust God that in his time, he'll bless us. Amen. So if there's like 20 uh, fierce warriors charging <laughs> at Harold, and I come over and say, I'm with you, Harold. <laughs> Harold might say, that's not too much comfort, Derek. <laughs> but if, if the one who has the mighty arm, yes. right, right the, the, the one who, uh, I'm, I'm thinking even in the song, fear not for I am with you. I will uphold you, you with my righteous right hand. Right hand. If he says I'm with you, mm. it's going to be okay, okay. right? Amen. Amen. Uh, so thank you. He's not only caring, but he is powerful mm -hmm. to care for us. Sabina. Pastor Derek, I also love the revelation that Peter brings here that 
it's necessary humility and submission for we to let go of control. Um, a lot of times I find that people, and even myself, when I'm experience, experiencing anxiety, usually it has to do with the need that we have to take matters on our own hands. So it's in a walk with Jesus and in experiencing his goodness and, goodness and his care for us that we need to start learning to let go of those things and humbly admit that we are not all-powerful, but God is, that he is all-powerful, that he's all-knowing, and that he cares for us. So for that, we need humility. It's necessary humility. So, Sabina, while you're sharing, I'm, I want to ask if you'd share a short testimony, because uh, you, you went through a journey where it would be easy to worry and become anxious, and yet when you trust the mighty arm of the Lord, um, he opens the way for you. Share, share with us how God's shown you that he cares for you and that he has a strong, mighty arm. Mm. Mm. Amen, Pastor Derek. I think you are referring just um, on, on relation to my path in ministry. Yes, it, it's been truly a journey, Pastor Derek. You know, I, I've been called by God, I think, since I was a teenager and carrying a strong sense of calling. But it was only about 80 years ago that I decided to, you know, make more radical decisions such as quitting my job, moving to a different country and embark in this journey, this missionary journey with Jesus. And uh, more recently, when I went uh, to study theology and I went to the seminary, I had lots of questions as far as where this was leading me. Uh, you know, it's, it, it can always be challenging for me to find a good fit in a place where we can flourish in ministry, especially being a lady. So I, I have had concerns about that, not only for a month or two, but for a few years that I was just not doing something uh, that was insane, let's put this way. So I had to trust and submit myself to, to, to God, right? Many times let go of control, as I'm saying, and just bring those questions to him in prayer and continuing trusting his promise that when I seek his kingdom first, he is watching over me. And then more recently, right when I finished uh, the seminary, the, the course of theology that we complete when we want to go into ministry, I was still waiting on a call for, for a good amount of time. And... Um, and mind you, right on the right time, God blessed me with such a wonderful job and placement. And I didn't see it coming. It was on a church I had never heard of with a beautiful and flourishing ministry with people that have been affirming me very much on my place and position and who have entrusted me uh, and in the call that God has placed in my life. So, you know, it took years, as I said, of that preparation until he actually brought me into this place, as I said, like a full-time ministry. And I'm thankful to him. I would not trade even those tears and moments of anguish. Uh, you know, it just takes submission indeed and following um, towards the goal. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing, Sabina. And someone's watching. Maybe, maybe you're watching today. You're watching and you say, I'm still back there, moments of anguish. But, yeah. but God wants us to see beyond. Yeah. So in our last few minutes of Bible promise, I had one I wrote down from Isaiah 40, but you don't have to choose that one. A Bible promise, uh, Brittany, that could be a great encouragement that, that God is strong. I like that. 
He cares for you and his mighty arm. He'll lift you up. There's so many promises that can encourage us to see beyond. Would you take us to one? I love Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter chapter 4. This is the same Apostle Paul who wrote about uh, uh, Harold's personalizing of the Ephesian message, right? Mm -hmm. And Philippians chapter 4, verses Verses, 6 and 7. Yes. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Why is that so precious to you? I love because God gives us the key. We can focus on being anxious, but he says this is how you can overcome anxiety. He says, basically, bring it to me in prayer and thank me. Thank me for everything I've already done for you. And thank me for what you're going through right now because Mm -hmm. I have a way to bring a solution. And then he says, I'm going to give you that peace. And I've experienced that in my own life. There's been times where I've been so worried about something and then I surrender it to the Lord, like Sabina was talking about, (laughs) and I start focusing on all the things I have to be thankful for. And I just have this overwhelming sense that God is with me. Why am I worried? He's going to take care of this too. So the peace of God, which surpasses surpasses all all understanding, it doesn't mean all the difficulties change, right? The suffering and trauma may still be there, but he's able to guard your heart, your your emotions and your your thinking Mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus. By the way, if you kept reading right after that verse, it says, whatever things are true and noble and just and pure, if there's any virtue, focus on these things. Mm -hmm. And that is most fully revealed in the person of Jesus. Focus on him, friend, when you're going through. Look Mm -hmm. beyond the suffering and trial that you may be experiencing even today and know God loves me with an immeasurable, unfailing love. He he sent his spirit to comfort and guide me and I can rest my life and my future and be at peace in him. Can I pray for you that that would be your experience today? Our Father in heaven, I pray for each one, including each one of us here as part of the team. We all need to see beyond the suffering and trials of this life, to see the immeasurable, unfailing love of God and the hope, yes, and the peace that we can have in you. May we rest in that peace today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. Don't forget that free gift. Go to our website, click on the free gift button. Songs of hope that can bless your life. Hide God's word in your heart. Let his Holy Spirit teach you. And then go out and be a blessing to those around you.